Welcome on. Thank you for tuning in to the Bad Hombres FC podcast, where we focus all things pro soccer in the DMV and across the United States. I am Jose Almanya from Sports Pulse, and joining me as always is Mario Maya from Tipo Latino. Mario, how you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, so I got two fun facts for the day. Uh, one fun fact, did you know that you need eight hugs a day? This according to Ashley Sanchez and Angie Sullivan. And number two, did you know David Beckham did not learn how to speak English until he got to MLS at the age of 32? Yeah. Okay, we're here. Um, thank you, Fox News, for that. That was uh, <laughs> entertaining to know that the man who speaks English learned English when he came here. That's great. I know. Um, With an accent, too, by the way. <laughs> I can't wait to talk to Spanish people who speak Spanish. So that's going to be an interesting twist that I'll never have imagined in my entire life. I, um, I, I know. It's going to be it's going to be really great. Yeah, Spain, Spain, people from Spain speaking Spanish. Like, who knew? English people speaking <laughs> English. Who knew? What a novel concept. <laughs> that we might as well jump into it. Normally, we would start with a result, whether it was United or the Spirit. We'll get into both of them in a second, but we have to start where everyone's talking about. Everyone's talking about it, and that is Lionel Messi making the surprising move to Major League Soccer. Joining Inter Miami after leaving Paris Saint-Germain, Messi made the announcement on Wednesday in an interview with Spanish publications Mundo Deportivo and Sport. MLS then later confirmed the deal on uh, a press release and on social media. Uh, Messi was linked to a return to his former side, Barcelona, who he spent the majority of his club career with, as well as a move to Saudi Arabia, but ultimately elected to join Inter Miami. Saying in the interview, quote, I made my decision that I'm going to Miami. I still don't have a agreed upon 100%, but we still need a few things done. But, well, we've decided to continue my path there. After winning World Cups and not being able to return to Barcelona, it was my turn to go to the league in the United States and to live football in another way and to enjoy my day-to-day life. Obviously, with the same responsibility and desire to play well and to do things like a well as always, but in a calmer manner, unquote. Um, multiple sources have said how MLS going to pay him. He will be the highest paid player in the league, obviously. It sounds like he's also going to get revenues from the uh, MLS season pass with Apple and as well as Adidas. For those of you who are good with your MLS histrionics, this sounds very much like what MLS did to get the David Beckham deal across the line back when the DP rule began in the league. Mario, before we go into the rumors, if he's going to be here in about four weeks, what are your thoughts on where, where we are now with Leo Messi heading to the United States? All right. Uh, first of all, when it comes to FC Barcelona, very passive aggressive on what you said about him coming to Inter Miami. You were demonstrating <laughs> broke Bowie behavior on likes I've ever seen before. All right. Before we continue, this is the comment Mario is referring to. Quote, uh, Jorge Messi, the player's father and representative and former club president, Jan Laporta, of the player's decision to join Inter Miami despite having been presented a proposal by Barcelona in consideration with the players' desire, both the FC Barcelona and the players' desire of wearing the Blaganera once again. Blaugrana. Uh, Blaugrana, excuse me. 
the statement then continued, <laughs> and this is where it, Mario is just just uh, upset with. President Laporta understood and respected Messi's decision to want to compete in a league with fewer demands further away from the spotlight and the pressure he has been subject to in recent years. <laughs> ah, yes, because the high demands of playing Elche and Osasuna on Sunday are much higher than playing in MLS. But at the same time, again, y'all didn't have the money. What did you expect? Y'all are demonstrating broke boy behavior pettiness beyond your years and so with that i say man you better off not saying anything wish him well uh but anyway about messi coming to inter miami oh this is great like what else is there to be is to be said we get to see one of the best players of our generation get to play in mls doesn't matter what team he's playing for you get to see him in mls you get that experience. And so I think that's pretty awesome. And I'm pretty sure that Miami offered him something. It's not – I'm just guessing here. I don't know Leo Messi personally, obviously. We're not in the same tax bracket or in the same hemisphere. But I'm guessing, like, his decision to come to Miami is just to have a peace of mind. Just have that peace of mind. That's something I feel like he never really had in Europe. Just have that peace of mind. You get to spend time with your family. <laughs> yeah, Barcelona, it may be a slightly less bit demanding, but don't worry. MLS is a very demanding league if you follow it. But I think that it, it it's good. Not only is it good to elevate, not only does it elevate into Miami and the league as a whole, it elevates the sport into another stratosphere here in the United States. Maybe it'll be a sl- it, it, it's got it's like you said it's kind of similar when David Beckham came to the to MLS. It gets the it gravitates your attention to the league. It puts the it puts your eyes puts the eyes of the world on MLS, and it's a good thing. And also, it's Lionel Messi, dude. Come on now, what is it there to love? You get to see one of the greatest players of all time. And I apologize, I'm a fanboy here a little bit. You get to see one of the greatest players of all time put in work in the United States of America. But I think it's a good thing. So I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm also for it. Um, I'll be one of those original Cristiano Ronaldo fans back when he was in Man United, even though I was a Chelsea fan, I just enjoyed him playing there. But, you know, after a while, you'd see Leo's greatness, especially when you would see that greatness in Barcelona and then wonder why he couldn't get it done on the national team stage, but then the most recent half decade showed you that he really stepped up his game another height to make sure that you, the Argentina would become world champion. So you have a world champion, a former multiple-time Ballon d'Or winner. For who, um, actually, for, first Ballon d'Or winner to ever play at MLS, weirdly <laughs> enough. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the 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 titles, the name, the everything speaks for itself. For the league, it's a great move. I think um, you get. I think we were just talking about this. You know, Bruce Arena was in a press conference, and someone was kind of going back and forth with him. I'm with Bruce. Like bringing someone to that caliber, even at the age of 35, um, he is still one of the best players in the world today at the age of 35. He is like LeBron in how they've managed their body. 
and where they manage their mind. In, he, in the interview, for the, I recommend those, you know, there's a lot of Q&As that people skip because athletes say kind of the same thing. I do recommend soccer fans, if you know Spanish or trust Google Translate, to go ahead and read that interview, the Q&A, or go watch it on YouTube. Um, you see that this is more than just, I want to go on a holiday. Messi still wants to compete, but also... To your point, Messi wants control of his decision-making. And, and in Europe, you know, Barcelona couldn't register him. They laid out a plan where they could register him. There was no guarantee. And Messi said clearly in the interview, I want to control the ability to say I am registered here. For him, it's easy to get a work visa. To go to the United States, then it would be for him to get um, – get registered at Barcelona. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. Barcelona needs to cut a lot of pay uh, Ross, uh, salaries and make their roster smaller. And Messi didn't want to do that for his fellow player. Totally understand that. If I was a part of a union with him, I'd be very happy because he's trying to guarantee my paycheck. Um, but overall, I think it's perfect for the U.S. We might as well go in here. In terms of us locally, I've heard nothing yet about Messi. Um, our sources are kind of similar, Mario. I, I, I think I, I speak for you as well. Uh, I have not heard anything yet that says um, that Messi will be here for the match in July uh, against Inter Miami. <laughs> I did, all the target dates suggest the first game of League's Cup against Cruz Azul and I'm going to be honest, that's better for Messi. He's coming off a, a difficult season. He needs time off so that he can then gel with his teammates. I, I wouldn't see him. I wouldn't imagine him going to a pitch until uh, July 4th or 5th and then getting ready for that game in late July. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect him to be ready for that first week of July match against us. I do expect in know for a fact that there are conversations being discussed that he could be making an appearance at the All-Star Game. I saw Paulo Mauro also report the same thing. We don't have anything concrete at the moment, but I would not be surprised, not as a commissioner's pick. I, I could imagine him sitting in one of the suites down at field level, uh, waving at the crowd getting a lot of pictures being flickered at him, or I guess they don't flicker anymore, <laughs> being snapped at at him. But um, I don't expect him to play to that Crucial game. I know the game is sold out. I know for some reason some of y'all paid $400 over the 400 I don't know why y'all did that. <laughs> Come on. There is no guarantee that he's going to play this game. No. We've discussed it, and I think I've discussed it with other people I know. That want to be like, do you know if he's? I'm like, no, there's not. There's a really good chance he's not playing the July 8th game. He may make an appearance. In I don't one even of the see suites. him traveling. Right, I don't even see him traveling to that game. And that, and that is in the that is in the uh, like slightest of realms that he does that. I do I do expect him to be here for All Star Game. I don't think I expect him to play. Uh, honestly, we could use it as a coach pick, to be honest with you. If Wayne Rooney wants to really be, <laughs> wants to really do that, but no, I ex yeah, I'm with you. I expect him to play the the fir his first game 
would be the League's Cup game against Cruz Azul, which also I'm like, damn, you're going to debut against Cruz Azul against all, out of all teams. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. And he needs the rest, obviously. He's had a long year. Not only did he play, just finish a season like a week or two ago with PSG, he's also played a, he played a World Cup in the middle of this season. So that... So I think he's going to need the time off just to like resettle, regroup. And I think because the game on July 8th against Inter-Miami is going to be four days after the uh, transfer window opens. Three, four days after the transfer window opens. They're not good. They're probably going to just finish registering him the day before. So like, I don't think that he will be ready to play. Again, he may make an appearance. But if y'all sold out Audi Field, get ready. You're going to see Leandro Campana and Joseph Martinez, baby. <laughs> yeah, I would say to anyone new coming into the tent, here's what I would say. One, look out for when they make the deal official. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll learn more about, you know, his first press conference. Yes, this does have a lot to do with Messi wanting more control. But the reality is, once that deal is signed, there's going to be a press conference that will need to be done. Um, also, because- can you imagine the scenes at Miami International Airport when this man lands? Well, he's been living. He goes once a year. He has a vacation home. So the day it is fully announced and they have, the, you know, have the uh, the unveiling officially uh, it will be a scene it will be interesting and if he finds a way to sneak into the country i'll be even better to be honest with you um, <laughs> um but if he i would actually prefer to see the scenes at the airport see you know fans joyful i believe miami's probably one of the better destinations for him i understand he had a one i'd be remiss not to mention he said no to a, a close to a billion dollar deal to play in saudi arabia um one, he said it's not about the money. Clearly, um, outside forces, aka his family, was a big influence into why he's coming to Miami. And two, also he's still getting he's also getting paid by Saudi Arabia. He is an yeah. ambassador. Of the country. Yeah, he's an ambassador to their World Cup bid. So it's not it's not like he's not making money as is. You know, there was that situation a month and a half ago where he got in trouble with uh, PSG because. They lost. He wasn't supposed to go to Saudi Arabia, but he had already asked beforehand, and they suspended him for a game because he went to Saudi Arabia when they told him, we want you at practice, and instead he was taking pictures with lions and tigers and stuff. It was kind of adorable, but at the same time, also like, dude, not a good look. <laughs> so um, I'll, hopefully that doesn't happen as often, uh, but I do think that it's going to be a good sight. I think it's going to be great. In terms of here, I don't expect him to play the game here in July. I don't expect him to play an All-Star. Do I expect him to make an appearance at All-Star? Possibly. I'm not going to. Also, like you mentioned, the his uh, international certificate and his work visa, that's only going to be the only two things. he Like, he could be here July 4th, excuse me. But he won't be able to train until that work permit comes in. So, and first, like I said, was saying earlier, the key things I look out for when they make the deal official, when he finally arrives, when he get uh, the deal's official finally arrives, he finally is unveiled by the club. Then it's the work visa. We've seen it dozens of times this year with DC United. 
the work visa can make of a delay. And so once he gets that work visa, then he can start training. After that, I would put two weeks in between uh, him getting his work visa to his first actual appearance with the club. Um, I would put two weeks on it just because he's coming off of this long season and he's going to have to get – this is new for him. It's not just new for his teammates. Like, yo, we got a new star, got a new player coming in. But for Messi, he's going from playing like with arguably top – 25 top 10 players in the world. And this is no disrespect to the players that it's in Miami, but they're going, you're going into a lower level where you're going to have to adapt your skill set with others. Um, that's where it's going to be different. And I recommend everyone, if you haven't, pick up Grant Wall's uh, The Beckham Experiment. There's so far a lot of things that feel Beckham experiment esque, and so we uh, don't. It's deja vu all. It's deja vu all over again. To be a, honest with a, you, a little bit, a little bit, but Messi, he's different. He's got this gravitational pull. He he's of the younger generation as much as he is of our generation too, and I say that because of the video games. I say that because of Twitter and YouTube and, and TikTok and you see the moves, you see everything. And he's coming off of a world cup win. It's just, it's amplified the legend more than ever. Also second Argentinian world cup team member to play in MLS. The first one, of course, is Tiago Almada. Okay. Bonafides. Okay. Um, (laughs) but, But yeah, I think it's the start of, of pushing MLS forward in the, Sports stratosphere. You see ESPN suddenly now doing highlights again of MLS. I wonder why. And so mm. you see everybody is ramping up. All I will say is for us as media members, let's all be a little patient now. We're going to get some ridiculous questions for the next couple of weeks. Um, we're going to be slightly patient. But for you fans out there, when you see these clips go viral, understand. That ain't the regulars. We just there. We hear it. We too giggle and we move along. Like we go. I can't wait I for someone to ask him if he's gonna win the World Cup, the MLS World Cup. That's gonna be a question. That's gonna be a. Great oh, you that's in the bingo card. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Does he plan to play in the World Cup in twenty six? That's gonna be a question. Does he like the color scheme? Does he think he look good in pink? Uh, uh, will Will he donate some money to children? Like all the dummy questions you expect. I can't wait for someone to be like, "So you're going to be on a feature to DJ Khaled album?" He's already had a couple of athletes like uh, Tyreek Hill and, and and members of the Heat already saying, "Hey man, can't wait to see you at a game." I haven't seen Lil Messi outside of a soccer pitch in general, outside of one video of him driving. So this would be a stunner to me. Lil Messi watches basketball. Like, it would be a stunner to me. I'm going to be sitting here going, like, why are you at a Heat Wizards game in Miami, dude? No, no, no. <laughs> the thing I want is Lil Messi giving the coin toss at the uh, Dolphins home opener. Like, the, the Formula One race, I expect Messi waving the flag at one of those races. I, I can imagine it already. 
It's the coin toss at an NFL game. That's what I want. <laughs> we had RG3 at Brazil versus USA at FedEx. Like, that's the – I want something <laughs> equally weird, all right? I want the weirdness as possible. Not, on, not only was RG3 there, they panned him onto the big screen and everybody started cheering. I'm pretty sure two-thirds of the people that started cheering didn't even know what they were cheering about. Exactly. They just heard Washington quarterback – Robert Griffin the third, and they were like, "Oh, he plays here! Yay!" <laughs> also, imagine Leo Messi doing the coin toss at the Miami Dolphins home opener with an oversized NFL jersey, wearing the oversized jersey, mind you, but him looking up to people taller than him, including quarterbacks. You go have the tall quarterbacks. Like, I want the tallest quarterback. Like, I don't even know who's their opener with, but I want whoever's the tallest person on the roster to be the captain that day. I want the three or three tallest people for both teams. I want whoever's their opener with, I want, don't switch conventional wisdom. Don't pick your actual captains. Pick your three tallest players just so I can get the visual of Messi standing there like a child. All (laughs) right, so I got that, by the way. Their home opener is, it's going to be against the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos. See, that's not fair. They have a short quarterback. That's going to help Messi. But that's gonna be like the that's gonna be like the world's shortest handshake between him and Russell Wilson. <laughs> but uh, I I just want to see it. I think the visual is gonna be hilarious. I can already imagine the rest of the world. And I'm just gonna be like, bro, like it's either this or he would have been in cryotherapy. Like <laughs> would have been one of the two. <laughs> he been... You think Messi really, I'm like Messi would have been jet skiing that day. <laughs> it's better that he's just chilling watching the NFL. It's whatever. And so also, also, do you think that the, do you think they're gonna take Messi on a tour of the Everglades? Bro, they I don't think they have to do much. My question is, are they playing at what's it called? The dirt pink field arena dry pink stadium whatever it's called yeah dry pink so are they gonna play there like i look at that and i i can't help to myself and look at that and go it looks aesthetically pleasing on tv but it's not gonna work when you put in lel messi because it's a temporary stadium so it's not gonna work for, first off, it can't be expanded. Like, they said they're going to expand it a little bit. But this isn't like Vancouver. Remember, Vancouver had a really nice temporary stadium, but it was really wide that it could be expanded. This cannot. This is not something that could, This is the old-school Lockhart Stadium. Like, it's got its area. It's got its proportions. It can't be. It's just Lockhart Stadium with, like, a, with, a, paint, with a paint makeover. That's it. Well, they did renovate the whole thing. Like, they renovated right. the whole thing. It was... It was literally dead until the until Miami <laughs> came in and cleaned it up. But um, I just don't imagine because you don't want all the tickets to be sold for that building already sold out for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars in the resale market. You want kind of control. I know they don't want to give uh, Ross the co- the owner of the Dolphins, who's always been the guy pr- pushing pro rel. And and pushing bringing in the a Premier League game to the United States. I know they don't want to give them free money, but they may be forced to, because I think it has to be played at uh, the Hard Rock. Hard Rock. 
it can't it can't be played uh, like unless the Marlins really can make that stadium into a soccer pitch, which that would be more people. First off, there's gonna be more people at that at that Marlins stadium to watch Messi play than there are to watch the Marlins. There's more people there during the World Baseball Classic than there are to watch the Marlins throughout the year. Hey man, there's currently more people watching the Spirit sometimes than the Nationals, but you know I'll digress. Um, exactly. <laughs> bad is bad. Bad is bad for everyone. So hey, wherever fits, right? So like, <laughs> hey, and so I could imagine a situation where they're gonna current, they're gonna move to play some games, if not a season or two. Because it's not gonna whatever their downtown stadium situation is, it's not gonna be ready to 2025. So if Messi's all signs say that Messi's peer for a minimum of three years. We haven't gotten that confirmed yet. Like I said, the most key details that we're missing here haven't been confirmed yet. So if he's here at least till 2025, at least when that same comes in, you know, it could be a Wayne Rooney situation like it was here, where it's gonna he's gonna help christen that new building. And so which would be great for Miami and overall for the league in general. So I can't wait. The madness has already begun. Yes. Well, for all you new fans that find this podcast, thank you for coming. Two. Welcome. Two. We agree. Thierry Henry found billions of ways to get out of playing <laughs> playing at Gillette Stadium. We also agree. <laughs> Yeah, he should not play in Gillette Stadium. I can't <laughs> wait for the excuses he has to not play in Gillette Stadium. And if Robert Kraft refuses to put grass at these games, then yes, I I'm all for the Messi caught an allergy problem. Messi had a bad night of sleep. Messi hurt his foot. Messi had the shit, the the, the poopies, like uh, anything possible to to get him out of it. Like Thierry Henry literally was just like, I'm not playing there. But but we're like Latino. We're like Messi's Latino. Like he purposely bought his neighbor's house in Barcelona so he could have more Latino. Like he just didn't want more Spaniards around him. He's he's a loner. And that's the other thing too that we want to remind you. If you're new, you're probably not. But if you are new and you're like, well, what should we expect about Messi? If you're expecting Messi to do like ten interviews a day, do the car wash on ESPN, then go on Univision, do ten interviews there. Do like ten interviews on Telebooth. Now that he's not that guy, he's not that guy. But, but my counter to that is Messi's got to get ready for what is going to be called the American news media, and where we're allowed to go into the um, changing rooms. Wayne figured out a decent system, which was and and apparently Zlatan did the same, where it was let me go get changed, or when I get off the pitch, we're gonna talk right here in the hallway. And so then I can go in the back and get dressed. If you want to bother my teammates, you can, but you ain't going to bother me. <laughs> so I don't know what Messi's going to do. I thought that that worked for Zlatan. That worked well for Wayne. Uh, it worked well for us, I, the reporters, like outside of like a press conference situation where you bring them, you know we want to talk to them. But I do think that Inter-Miami is going to have to make sure they have a translator on deck to make sure that Messi's properly translated and because he does his big English. Uh, thanks, Fox, for the reminder. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's going to need uh, somebody because people are going to want to hear what he's got to say. I, I remember 
uh, E60 spoke to Mel before, uh, I want to say, the 2014 World Cup, and it was still all in Spanish. And so there's clearly a part where, you know, uh, Jeremy Schapp tries to get him to say something in English, and he's like, oh, I'm still learning, or he hasn't learned. And so that was 2014. I have clearly not seen any proof that he's learned English yet. He clearly had an issue when you read that interview with living in Paris. So I really don't think he's learned. <laughs> he's learned. That man was French. miserable. In, that man was miserable his entire time in Paris. So uh, we shall see how it goes. I'm just going to speak for everyone also, and just say we're excited. Also, oh, yeah. Also, as must as media members, uh, I don't know if you if a bit talking about like other Hispanic players that have come through here on lesser scale, you get the amount of international media that comes to these games. Uh, point in case, Edison Flores back in 2020. Uh, get ready for all these like weird, goofy, goofy media members that are going to want to like break news stories and try to hog the spot a spotlight there. Uh, one of my favorite memories is uh, Martin Rodriguez last year. Somebody from Texas Sports in Argentina was like, I want, he's like, I'm the good luck charm. I, I'm the reason why DC United won. I think they drew that day. So that's even worse. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as a media member, if you're listening to this, um, yeah, get ready for the madness. It's just going to be wild, and I'm all here for it at this point. For fans, just expect funny crap for the next month. <laughs> like, you already got it with the Fox thing, which none of us saw coming. That came out a lot of feel for us, so we were <laughs> just like, great. <laughs> I, was, oh, I did not have that on my bingo board. I had Stephen A. Smith messing this up. When 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 I get Stephen A. not messing this up, but you do at Fox News, I didn't have that on the bingo board. Kind of upset me that I wasn't prepared. But um, but yeah, I expect. Also, what makes you think he's going to go on Fox News? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> In any event, um, while we are hoping for good fortunes for Messi, and again, he I, we just don't see him playing in DC this year. It would be nice. Uh, we all remember that first game David Beckham had here is just too close for the transfer window. However, speaking of DC, uh, they had a weird week themselves. They had a they were coming off probably one of their best runs of form since 2019, uh, where they've racked up uh, 18 points in a, in a span of 10 matches. They had three road wins this season, the most they've had in four campaigns. They've done really well off the road, but they go from playing well against it to Miami, ironically enough, and then bungle the bag first at home against Nakatsa in a friendly, which no one seemed to care. But apparently there was a lot of starters that played, and you had Andy Nahar get hurt. And then, Again. and then they go again to Atlanta, tie the game at one, but then two goals in the second half from Andrew Gutman and Tyler Wolf secure the victory for Atlanta United um, at home against DC. Um, Taxi Funtas was the goal scorer in the 27th minute, thanks in large part to 
uh, takeaway and an assist from Chris Durkin in the middle of the field. Mario, which one is worse? Do you now, soccer fans, shut up. I already know what you're going to say. <laughs> I'm prefacing this by saying, what is worse? What happened at the friendly match against Nakata where you're using regular starters and you get one injured and get a couple people more fatigued than usual or losing on the road with a Atlanta team that's not at its peak and struggle to maintain possession for the first 45, making you for the first time in a while look like you were the better team for the first 45 and not the traditional DC United looking good until the final two thirty minutes of the match. Damn you, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> but that's what I do. <laughs> I am going to go with the Nikoxa game. You knowing that you had to play Atlanta, because again, weird things happen when you go to Atlanta for DC United for some reason. It could go right or it could go left. It, there's no in-between when that happens. Knowing you were going to play Atlanta, what makes you think that you're going to bring in six subs of your starters and one of them gets hurt in a meaningless game? Like, come on, man. That's a liability. If for those that weren't there or for the 2,000 people that were at this game, by the way, unfortunately, I, I, I was there, so you know. They brought it, they started the game with youngsters and uh, youngsters, some of your players that you have loaned out of Loudon and Eric Hurtado. Uh, Russell Canal started this game, by the way, too, by the way, along with Brandon Heinzeich. So reserve yeah, players, is, so reserve players in in youth is what you're saying. They started with yeah, reserve players, youth, and two players that are coming back from injury. Uh, in the second half, I want to say around the 60th minute, 60 something minute, somewhere around that mark, Wayne Rooney decides it's a brilliant idea to bring in Donovan Pines, Pedro Santos, Antino Har, Steve Birnbaum. Christian Dahomey, who is your regular super sub to begin with, and Lewis O'Brien in as a su- as subs. You're subbing in six of your six starters, knowing you're going to play against Atlanta. You couldn't bring more players that you had loaned out at Loudon for this game. You didn't have to run them like that. Again, the Atlanta game is interesting because. Yeah, they look good for the first 45 minutes for, I think, the first time this season. But the fact that you're going to play out six starters, bring them in as subs, and one of them, which has a history of injuries, this is well noted with Andy Nahar, ends up getting injured in this game. In a game where, it te- in a game where you only have like 2,000 people in the stands, and you don't have to try so hard. It's a meaningless friendly. It's a meaningless friendly. What are you doing, man? So just so I'm right. Um, so you're saying the worst result was the Nakata game? Kind of, because it leads to the worst to another worst result in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of just prefaces what happens. 
just wanted to be clear which one you picked. Um, I'm I'm with you. We're in a little bit. Um, the contest starts the free for all against Atlanta, and Wayne even said it in the pre-game press conference where he said, "I didn't agree with the friendly game in between two away matches. I think it was crazy." It was something that maybe we need to look at in the future because I didn't think any of us wanted that game, but we had to fulfill it. I don't know what was in the contract if it needed to be house starters, but I clearly remember there were there were several matches like the one against Portsmouth um, years back, uh, the Capital Cup matches of last year, where this was a kind of, this was kind of a Capital <laughs> Cup game. To be honest with you. <laughs> It was, it was, it was their bright idea, uh, not mine. But there were a lot of times you covered it where they played reserves, academy guys. The relationship with Loudon is different. They can't really call back people now because it's of a different ownership group. So it's not in the same thing. It's not United B essentially like it used to be. So they can't call up anybody. But I thought that if I still would have tried out a couple of those. Youth guys, like you mentioned, I, I don't think I feel like even if you 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 have to fulfill some obligation, you know, you didn't play any of your DPS. There should have been more to meet a Wayne here. I mean, it sh- there was and the management. Oh. If you're not, if you don't, if Wayne is saying you shouldn't play this, I agree a thousand percent. It's the weird scheduling. It would have been in where they could have been playing in the Open Cup had they taken that seriously as well. And so you have that situation. They scheduled it in oh. a bad time. But but but, also, but 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 let me let me just get this out. Wayne as a manager, you gotta be smarter. You know you have an injury history. You mean to tell me there's not two or three academy guys you can't just bring in and play in those roles. You're not playing any of your DP, so don't tell me you don't have enough guys. You purposely left out some guys. So you purposely left out your DP. You play a guy that you clearly have mentioned on record has an injury history. You put him out there, and he gets hurt. That's on you. Like Regardless of what you think was a better situation, yes, management – don't don't schedule the game. We're not. No one is disagreeing here in where they shouldn't play this game against Nakata. No one is disagreeing that it was terrible timing, um, terrible uh, on United management's part in playing the game. No one's disagreeing with you, Wayne. But you are the manager. At the end of the day, you're the guy who puts the players out there on the field, and you put out a guy with an injury history that was just coming back a couple of weeks ago into a situation where he could get hurt and he gets hurt. Now, you put Russell out there, too. you lucky that didn't go bad either. So you got two situations where you could have gotten into worse trouble. There was academy kids you could have played. There's kids coming up in the system you could have played. You you played Eric Hurtado for 90 minutes for some reason. You could have played somebody in the crowd that would have been equally effective. So there were <laughs> So you had ample opportunity to play other dudes but you chose to play starters. You get what you sow. And against Atlanta, yes, Atlanta, that was bad. That was bad because you actually looked good for 45 minutes. Where you had Atlanta United beat writers going, this is typical Atlanta United this year, where they look like suspect and that United just failed to take advantage of situations in the game to take advantage. There were multiple opportunities where Benteke had a couple of shots and there were just rollers to the keeper. The, the, taxi and him worked really well at this game. 
but clearly they were missing something. And Jacob Green played in uh, a substitution role as a starter. So you, clearly there was some miscommunication on the wing side. But overall, United for that first 45 missed so many oppo opportunities to put their foot on the door in the cusp of getting this victory. But instead, they missed out on those opportunities or they couldn't get the best shots on target. And Atlanta had the better horses at the end of the day. They got the goals in the second half. United tried to bounce back, but there was just not enough in the tank. And Atlanta did a great job at marking out uh, Benteke in the second half compared to most matches where we see where Benteke does a lot of body work and getting possession and setting up taxi and whoever else is coming on the wing side. All I'm saying is, yes, the Atlanta result in terms of the league is worse. But it all, like you said, it starts with what happened in the midweek match. The one that you say allegedly you had no involvement, didn't want it, whatever. But at the end of the day, you're the guy that puts the, the roster out there. You literally could have played all the people that made pizza and want the pupusa lady at goalkeeper, and that would have been your starting 11. You, No one would have gotten mad. No one would have gotten mad because we would have understood. You play Atlanta midweek, you, you think you could get a result out of it. That was a possible six-pointer. And so when we look in the future and we go, oh, Atlanta's higher in the table than United. I wonder why. Well, because instead of playing the tamale lady and, th- and 10 other people that make ice cream in the stands, put, th- put them on the field, they played their starting 11, parts of their starting 11, against uh, in a meaningless friendly against Nakata. Okay, so part of the reason why this friendly came, comes about is because DC United is part of the ownership of Club Nakata, alongside... So- such illustrious uh, owners like Evo Longoria, Kate Upton, Justin Verlander, Mesut Utsil. So that that's part of the reason why they would they uh, ended up playing this friendly. But bro, Taxi missed a one on one to begin the game with Brad Guzan. He that could have been you could have got walked out of Atlanta with a draw if you wanted to. You missed a one-on-one with Brad Guzan. And you played well for 45 minutes. Lewis O'Brien could have given them the lead with a with a howitzer of a shot from outside the box. And on the second goal, oh also let, let's uh, congratulate Paulo Maurer on winning his bet, by the way. Because this ended up being the game they caught Tyler Miller lacking outside the box. It was coming. It was coming. For those who don't uh, know, Paolo Maurer, who covers United, well, the league in general for the for the Athletic, him and uh, Jason Anderson from USA Today both were mentioning at some point Tyler Miller is going to get beat from a long-distance shot or get chipped. And he interviewed Wayne Rooney, great interview, Q&A, you can read it at The Athletic, where he should have asked him, are you not afraid that he's going to get chipped at some point? And Wayne literally said he will get beat at some point. We've talked about it. And so, yeah, this is going to – Wayne knew it was coming, but what a time. What a time. Yeah, what a time to get beat. And not only that, you got beat on a Miles Robinson long lob – to Giacomakis, and then you failed to win the ball. 
Jakobak has had all the open net in the world. And I think the second goal was also a Tyler Miller mistake. He thought Gutman was going to center the ball. Gutman decided to let it rip. And this was four minutes into the second half. And I think that's what kind of did United in. Uh, the VAR call, did, I don't think, helped matters at all. Tyler Wolf was evil, easily able to tap it in with three defenders right next to him. On the Andrew Gutman uh, cross. Uh, fun fact: Did you know Tyler Wolf is also Josh Wolf is a uh, kid? <laughs> yeah, I thought the Gutman goal. It was just Tyler Miller reading it wrong. He assumed he read cross. it totally wrong. Yeah, he read it wrong. He, he, he assumed cross and he got beat and just let Gutman with this whole much of space on on his right hand side and he just said you're gonna give me the free shot i'm gonna take it and i actually wish more oh, strikers and, and wingers would do that make it seem like you're going for a cross see where the keeper is gonna go and then take the shot if you have it i'd rather you take the shot versus a, a weak cross to nobody streaking up in the middle like i'd rather you take the shot if you have it right and also one of the other great reasons to cancel that nick Baxa game earlier in the week the air was bad. We were in a cold red. We were in yes, a cold yes. red. Can you imagine? You haven't been following the news. There have been some wildfires in Canada, and they're like the residual smoke is going to come stateside. That's why New York looked like the uh, looked like the starter screen for a Mortal Kombat video game. Um, but yeah, the air was bad. But not as bad as Eric Curtado playing striker, but I, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I the Nats ended up the next day rescheduling their day game um, because the quality was equally bad, if not worse, the next gay, day. Um, excuse me. Um, um, but it was bad. I thought United was going to cancel. They didn't. Uh, you thought they were going to cancel. They didn't. And here we are now. All I can say to that is ownership was going to play that game some point. Like, if you're what you're saying is true, they were going to find a way to play that game. I just think Wayne should have been smarter. That's just my personal opinion on it. Uh, we both agree, though. Um, it just looks bad. Now, DC goes into their match this weekend. Uh, they go home, they, put, they come back and they play at home where they uh, take on Real Salt Lake. I think. Without looking at the table, this is a United needs to come out with a victory. They've struggled at home as of late, and so I think it's just time for United to start getting those three points on at home. Like they need to really start making the home feel like home. Like so far this season, there have been times where we've looked at their performances at home and they sneak by with a win, or. They they, they they barely get the draw. They're 3-2-3 three, three at home. They have the same number of wins at home as they do away. And so it, it, that says as enough as you can get. And when you're playing a team like Real Salt Lake, who currently sits in 10th in the Western Conference with 20 points, who also has a good away record, you can't have any mess-ups here. You have to take advantage of the opportunities you get on goal in get the goals when you have them like this was a game that's going to be burning in their minds that they had that first 45 where they looked really well and they didn't take advantage yeah man also given their home performances all you need to do is is look at that Nikoxa result and be like yeah you need to step it up at home 
yeah, that's enough said. I think that, I think you said it perfectly there. Uh, we'll end real quick with uh, just a catch up on the spirit. Mario, you were there at Audi Field this past Saturday where the spirit came into the game. Uh, despite only having one loss this season, um, they were winless in their last three. Then they came back and responded with a two-goal, two-one victory over Angel City. Um, this comes as they get a little closer to that Women's World Cup preparation, aka the day half the roster disappears. <laughs> so they kind of needed a result after those three matches where they lost one and tied two. Uh, they kind of needed the result. Um, Ashley Sanchez with the game winner. And then the first goal coming off of Ashley Hatch uh, getting a rebound off of the crossbar. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Spirit? I thought the Spirit, it was one of those, we're digging down deep to get this result kind of result. <laughs> I love the defensive effort in the second half, but I thought that they had to dig for this one. Um, and Angel City continues to struggle. And I'm glad that the Spirit, in this case for our home team's sake, glad they took advantage and got the goals when they needed and defended really, really well to maintain the result. It's kind of similar to the game they had earlier in the season in Los Angeles. It was a back-and-forth affair. Both teams were creating opportunities, but I think uh, the Washington Spirit dug in their heels deep and put in a really solid defensive performance in the second half. Uh, I think offensively, they were able to find lanes. Trinity Rodman and Ashley Sanchez were effective as usual. Ashley Sanchez got a goal. A la 2004 Eastern Conference Final, Christian Gomez header. This is a quote from Jason Anderson, of course, when we were in the in the press box. But yeah, it was a good result. And also, I'm glad to see that they used VAR on the first goal. Because... All the high, uh, anybody's watched the highlights or the replay of that of that goal. Ashley Hatch was onside. First off, Ashley Sanchez hit that ball kind of perfectly. It's kind of just floating a little bit, and she kind of describes it a little bit. She thought it wasn't going to go on target until it started floating down and come and coming towards the goal, and then it hits the crossbar. Once Ashley Hatch was on the on the end of it, she pretty much was able to put it in, uh, tap it in with a header. But other than that, you could tell in the replay that she's clearly onside throughout the entire time. So it was a good thing that they were able to use VAR to pretty much reverse the the call there. But other than that, I think the Spirit played extremely well. I think uh, Angel City was, um, they struggled. And once they gave up the first goal, they they were kind of in disarray for a while. There wasn't a lot of cohesion going into it, and especially after the second goal, uh, Alyssa Thompson's kind of a non-factor throughout the time that she played. She was able to be marked out. She was able to get marked out by I want to say it was Tara McCune who was on, on her assignment or Sam Stop. But either way, both center backs were on her like white on rice and. The spirit got the result that they needed at home. It was something that they, uh, it was something that they kind of, uh, they they needed the result. They needed the win at home. They played well. I think it's a little concerning to see how Aubrey Kingsbury's doing because she was a concussed towards the end of the game, and it brought out uh, Nikki Barnhart. Yeah, I was just quickly checking his comments. 
he did mention post game that she was okay. She was shaken up. She did go through concussion protocol. They're going to give her a couple of days off and have her get, get checked again. Um, there's no signs yet of a concussion. Just to clear up a little thing there, it was either Paige Nielsen or Gordon who left Ashley Hatch onside on that play where the ball. To me, it still there was a deflection of the shot, so it wouldn't have it. It wouldn't it, based on the rules like the deflection nullifies the offside, so it still would have been a goal. I didn't think it was offside either. The angle, while a slightly bent angle from the camera work from um, Paramount Plus, it just didn't look offside to me. I thought it was a good goal by Hatch. The whole game, by the way, I felt that. Funny enough, last week we were saying they need to find a way to get Hatch more into the game. This week, she was way more into the game. She had multiple opportunities. She could have had a second goal in the second half on a counterattack play, but no one was really running aside her, so they could play some one-two. Uh, she ended up taking a really weak shot after a quick turn. Um, she didn't have anybody to play one-twos with, so she ended up taking a weak shot. I think if someone was playing alongside her there, it would have been good. The wing play was lacking on that particular play from Jarana or uh, Metier. I thought the defense, once again, like I said, they played really well. I like Gabby Carl playing on the wing side, providing another part of the attack more than she did to start the season. You can see she's getting more comfortable on the wing and helping out in the attack. I, I thought Tara McCune played really, really well in her setting up that play for Mantier to make the cross for Sanchez's goal. I thought that was excellent play between the three. Um, and the spirit, like I said, they, Parsons mentioned it a couple weeks ago that he wanted to see them not just get the goals because they obviously needed the goals. They were lacking them for a couple weeks, but to hold the result. And I think that this was very important in terms of that development. And a reminder to the rest of the league, when they have their starting eleven. This team's going to be hard to beat. And like I said, you have the potential of five or six players from this starting 11 heading to the World Cup. And so it does make you concerned if you're a Spirit fan. There will be a mini World Cup break when they come back. Who's going to be back after that group stage? Surprise exits. Or if they're still going to be missing players. And so who's going to be uh, having to step up? And so that's where I'm going to be intrigued by. But everyone who's looking to make an impact at the World Cup this year is performing well. You got Carl. You have Andy Sullivan. Another good performance in the midfield being that box-to-box. Um, Sanchez he's totally stepped up since the, the first month of the regular season. Rodman, I thought she had a serviceable performance. She's still lacking that scoring touch she's had. Uh, and Hatch, finding the back of the net, whether it's on penalty kicks, whether it's on headers, they've totally gotten her back in her game. Kingsbury is probably still the odd person out on the goalkeeper side. But if she gets called up, if she's healthy, that right there, we just named five players from the starting 11 from this past match that will possibly be gone. So I, the spirit needs to continue getting results to stay in that upper half of the standings, but they also need to start preparing that depth to make key contributions when they leave.
Right, and also Marissa Shiva has also played, stepped up really well. She played pretty decently coming off the bench. And she's been she's on the list for Ireland's uh, preliminary World Cup roster as well. So it'll be interesting to see how how they do. Also, quick fun fact: uh, Mark Parsons, I believe this is his 25th win as a as second time that he's gone to 25 wins as a head coach with two different teams. And Sam Staub is currently the Iron Woman of NWSL, making her 79th consecutive start, uh, breaking the previous record. Let me check my records real quick. Uh, Sam Staub, who previously had 78. You're going to continue this joke for the rest of the season. I'm just going to have to let it go because, barring an injury, she's going to continue breaking this said record that she's just setting up the new record. Like, you're going to continue saying it. I'm just going to let it go, but... She she is very durable in terms of her play on the field. I'll stop, I'll, man, at some point, I'll stop cracking the joke. But until then... Again, I see her as an underrated pickup. If the U.S. Women's National Team need her, I could totally see a situation where they pick her up. But that'll be a conversation for another day because that's enough for us here at the Bad Hombres FC Podcast. Uh, so... Before we let you go, Mario, go ahead and tell the people where they can find out more about you. All right. You want to read my article about the MLS All-Star uh, Roadshow oh, that happened over, oh, over last Friday. Or you just want to read my gamer about DC United losing in Atlanta. You can follow me on Twitter at MarioMaya1. You can follow me on the gram, as the kids would say. Instagram, for those of you who don't know, at M underscore Amaya91. You can follow Tiempo Latino 2 on Twitter. At El Tiempo Latino. You can go on their website, eltiempolatino.com, if you want to know what's going on in the world around you. Just want to know what's going on in the DMV. And if you want to put money in my pocket so I can buy myself a Leo Messi Inter Miami jersey, you can go buy yourself a hard copy of El Tiempo Latino at your local newsstand and or metro station today. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Jose underscore M underscore Mana for more. Special shout out as always to Cam Cloud and Protect for the intro music. Remember, rate and subscribe as always to this. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and all your audio platforms. Thank you so much for tuning into the Battle Race FC podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Adios.